0: Um, sound system working. Uh, if you get a loud blurp after a while, I'm not responsible, and neither is uh, Annalise, so we'll hope it won't do anything nasty. Anyway, welcome, everybody, and uh, we've got an interesting talk today, and an interesting guy who has, as you remember, uh, quite a sense of humor. Uh, but I've got a few housekeeping things to do first. Uh, I'm Mary Shillington, and we are on Treaty 7 sacred territory, the territory of the Blackfoot people and the Métis people, and we honour them and remember the past and present and future issues that uh, they're dealing with and and our contribution to that. And uh, so we're grateful that that we can be here. Uh, Most of you know the ins and outs of this. First thing, turn your cell phone off. I've done mine already. Uh, and uh, as usual, we're, I think most people that are here have been here many times, so, you know, we have half an hour for the talk, half an hour for lunch, uh, which are wraps of some kind with beans and so on and so forth, and, uh, uh, the, the, and at lunchtime, you talk about what the topic, su- topic is and discuss questions, uh, and then we have a question and answer period f- from 1 o'clock to 1.30. And all of this should be very interesting because, uh, because of who is speaking today. We want to thank uh, Shaw Spotlight, uh, uh, who's recording us today, and also uh, 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 we'll we'll be showing the uh, today at, at different times. I'll tell you about that later. Uh, let me see. I have to look at my notes here, make sure I don't forget everything. Uh, they will show. Spotlight will show. Uh, the broadcasts of today's event at 6 and 11 a.m. and 3 to 9.30 daily Uh, and it's available on YouTube later. Thanks to Harold, uh, the Harold here, Dave's uh, regular here, Dave Mabel being uh, here and writing up for us. Great plate catering, always has good food and so I'm anticipating some good food again today. And uh, Annalise is always willing to take your money for a membership, if you haven't, if you don't have a membership already. And remember, there's volunteers that are helping to clear the tables, and so if you can help in any way or at least stack your plates and so on, that would be good. Uh, If anybody is too shy to get up to the mic, I can't imagine too many people here today that are too shy, but anyway, if you are, write your question and I'll I'll use it uh, and uh, put it forward. Okay, what is the topic today? Well, as you've seen, it's, should we be worried that video and board gaming, comics, superheroes and Halloween are growing into a multi-billion dollar industry? And they are. Really, they are. And I was amazed at how much is spent on Halloween. Uh, uh, In the States and Canada, over 11 billion was spent in 2018, Uh, a lot of money. We think of all the events that we could look after with that money. Uh, a little bit about Dylan. We've had him here before, but he, he's a local fellow, born, uh, raised and grew up in Pitcher Butte, and he has worked in a variety of things as a journalist at, in Nanton and then on the Herald as the sports editor until 2016. And then he decided he wanted to do something different from sports, and he started working in the comics industry. So I'm sure he fill, he will fill us in. What that's all about. So I ask you to welcome Dylan Purcell to our time today. I
1: forgot to press, on. So, ready? Let's start with. I had to move the microphone. Mary is very short. shorter than your average person I know because I'm right at that average I I think it's great that we're all here Uh, Mary I'm glad you reminded everyone to throw money in for lunch Um, I had asked that the people gathering the money for lunch dress like Jason Kenny and then just take 10 more dollars from every other table but nobody did At my table, I'm gonna get Terry Shillington to round up our money. He's gonna dress like a cowboy. You know, Terry, if your head is too big for the hat, that's not my fault. anybody want to dress up like Eve? I brought a few costumes because I noticed no one's wearing costumes. I timed my speech out. I should be right on the money, but if I'm not, I'm asking Mary to give me the evil eye when my time is up. And that is all just a stall while I... Are you going to be Eve? <laughs> that's, that's not the costume, Annalise. That's not the costume. I'm going to be guzzling water while I'm up here. Um, I'm fighting a viral infection. Don't shake my hand or be friendly to me. It's okay. This is a different role for me at Sackpaw. I'm usually the one introducing like a qualified erudite intelligent speaker the only qualified erudite speaker you're gonna hear from today is Mary and she's pretty much done so so instead I'm here I I got Kenudy called me and said we need someone actually we need someone to speak at SACPA next week and I said I said sure I'll try to find someone and then I got busy and I forgot about it and then Kenudy said so this is what you're talking about at SACPA and now I'm stuck now I'm stuck dressed ridiculously in front of people watching the NDP table hand out free candies. <laughs> Which, you know, honestly just makes me want to cry for better times in this province. Um, <laughs> I, I'm preaching to the converted here. Trust me, if this were like, if this were, you know, a bunch of guys that look like me, I would be making fun of, you know, people wanting to diversify the economy or pay people what they're worth. Um, but enough about, enough about the province. I was given this topic by Knudy, as I said, I did not choose it, it's this, should we be worried about this sort of growing commercialization industry, and I look like an evil wizard as I do this, should we be concerned about this commercialization of these industries, of these celebrations, of these festivals, um, should we be worried that these like pop culture properties become billion dollar industries, and I, I'm not qualified, again, to talk about like, the economics of like, global globalization and commercialization, but, but I'm, I'm pretty qualified to talk about sort of hobbies becoming popular and people making money off their hobbies. I am the manager at Showcase Comics and Hobbies on Third Avenue South. It's not an advertisement. You don't have to go in there. We're doing just fine. Um, and I'm seeing the growth of these, of these hobbies and these industries, board gaming being one of the biggest to grow. Board gaming's become a, a multi-billion dollar industry over the last, I would say, seven or eight years. It's, it's stunning to see the growth in these industries because from my perspective, and I'm gonna give you just a little bit of background about me, I am a nerd, I have been a nerd my whole life. I have never not been a nerd, a nerd is what I am. I have read comic books, played Dungeons and Dragons, run around in costumes. I did not buy these for Halloween. This is just stuff I own at my house. Same with the evil eye. I just bought it one year. Thought, oh, hey, maybe I'll use this someday. And then I had a great joke about Mary giving me the evil eye. You guys get it. So, so I, I've been like this my whole life. I love dressing up. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the I'm at an age where I'm on this crest of pop culture commercialization like no other generation before has been. And I blame Star Wars for all of it but it's a good thing, don't worry. So, should we be worried about these geeky pastimes sort of taking over pop culture? I, I'm obviously gonna say no, I've got skin in the game. I make my money off these pastimes. But, it heartens me and it, and it buoys me to know that these sort of underground passions are becoming really popular among everybody. I worked in sports, I was the sports editor and a sports reporter at the Lethbridge Herald for a decade. I saw commercialization, I saw big business at work in sports. That's what sports is. We can talk about heritage and culture all we want, but it's been commercialized. Your heritage sport, everybody's wearing a corporate logo. Every company has a stake in that. We hide behind this veneer of, well, it's activity. It's also a meritocracy that can be used to belittle and demean people. Now that's true of the geeky pastimes I'm gonna talk of too. At its best though, sports uplifts you. And none of us complain about the commercialization of sports. We don't worry about it. It's sort of sports is one of those we're proud to have sports as part of our culture. Whereas we're not necessarily so proud to have dressing up as Darth Vader as part of our culture, even though it is in Canada in the late 70s and early 80s for about a nine-year run Darth Vader was one of the most popular children's costumes hilarious Darth Vader just just a dude wearing black like I could just take the robe off and put a black hood on and I'd look like him so the I I see the similarities between sort of the hobbies I grew up loving and the sports I also grew up loving they're not so different their commercialization isn't so different the rise of them isn't so different so as I said, I am a nerd. I am so nerdy, I paint little toy soldiers, and then I build these huge scenic battlefields, and, and I play a strategy battle game with my friends in it. So uh, last night, when I was supposed to be writing all of this, I was actually, I kept picking up this little toy soldier and a little paintbrush, and I, would, I was painting his shield last night. Ridiculously nerdy. Like this is, whew, that's hot. This is nerdy to, a, to a, a, an nth degree. I've probably taken being a nerd too far because I turned my passion for sports into a career. Then I turned to the fact I'm a nerd into a career. It's getting a little out of hand in my life. My wife is a very patient woman. But what, I'm, uh, what I need to get you to understand first of all is when we talk about board games and movies and video games, these things are far beyond what they were when I was a kid. Right. Uh, it, when I was young, I played Monopoly and Trivial Pursuit. Board games now involve complex social themes. They involve abstract game rules and complex mechanics that take hours to master. They take minutes to learn, but hours to master. Chess and checkers are being replaced by games like Settlers of Catan and Agricola, which is a game that can actually teach you a fair bit about farming and the seasons and how to run a farm. This costume is too hot, so I'm going to take it off, but rest assured. I came, I came prepared with several layers, just in case I looked. I, I'm not actually as chubby as I looked. I've got like three layers on. Mary, I'll ask you to, when you see that I'm at the last layer, start doing this so that I do not suddenly pull the other one out, because you don't want that. None of us want that. So, when you talk about the rise of these games, with the exception of video games, the store I work at does not sell video games. If you're wondering, are they still on the rise? What's the limit? My store recently doubled our, we're doubling our commercial space in January. It's, we have had five, six consecutive years of profit growth and that despite for four of those years, remember the NDP scoured the province and destroyed everything. And yet we still had greater profits every year. It's a really weird thing. And I could go on about the fact that people who make minimum wage spend their money back into the community, but I won't because you know, it's 2019, we don't want to hear that. So I am really biased about like Halloween and anything in that sort of fantastical and nerdy range of things. I, I make a living off it. Uh, I see Halloween, I even see like Christmas, St. Patrick's Day, Easter. I, I see them in the same light and, and I'm, I'm an Irish Catholic kid from Edmonton. So I, I hold my faith personally. But it doesn't mean that I don't like to see the commercialization of even Christmas, because I just think that everybody should be able to participate in something that is ultima- ultimately about giving gifts, about celebration, and about enjoying life. Same as Halloween. Isn't this something we can all enjoy? I have 19-year-olds that still show up to my door at Halloween. They get candy. I don't care. Hold on to that. Hold on to that, in- indulging those passions for your whole life. Otherwise, you'll end up just, just sad and miserable. And Man. There's enough sad and miserable in politics right now. So at my age, and I'm I'm firmly in the latter half of my mid-40s, that's how I describe it to people, keeps it a little murky, keeps everybody guessing. When I was a kid, uh, the first costume I remember making was a papier-mâché mask. It was homemade, it looked terrible because the papier-mâché mask was this big and I was this big, and so it just, it looked absurd. And yet, I was dressed as a character from Star Wars, and it was brilliant, and then all of a sudden, uh, I noticed that all my friends had these costumes that had these, remember the cheap plastic masks and those horrible thin polyester costumes, just with sublimated ink on them, they were awful. Probably, probably carcinogenic, definitely something that you do not want to light on fire. These things were horrible. My generation's need to dress up like Star Wars character probably created those. I, I, I remember though that in the early days a lot of kids dressed up like pirates and demons and and vampires and things like that. And we still see those, but more and more we see these pop culture icons. We see video game icons. One of my sons is dressed up like a character from a video game called Fortnite that honestly I had to google to find anything out about. And as I say, I'm in the latter half of my mid 40s. I should be old. I'm young enough that I should understand. But I don't. I don't understand my kids' some of my kids' hobbies just like my parents had no clue about my hobbies. It's okay though. Because when I look at sort of that, that impact of that late 70s rush to commercialization, again, I blame it on Star Wars, because Star Wars came out and George Lucas commercialized everything to do with that movie. Everything, it was everywhere, instantly. Whereas my dad actually had a Superman lunch bucket, there were Star Wars lunch buckets everywhere. Every kid I went to school with had something with a logo or something to do with Star Wars. It was so commercialized. It was just insane. So that run sort of had nerds emerging because Star Wars is ultimately that Arthurian myth, the unknown page boy finds a magic sword and starts to rule the kingdom. This is what we're talking about, right? We're talking about fantastical themes. Well, nerds, and a lot of these nerds were birthed in the years of J.R.R. Tolkien's book's being illegally published in North America and distributed to everyone. Hippie culture grabbed onto those Tolkien books. Those people had children. Those children ended up realizing that Star Wars was just like a really cool version of Tolkien's story because when you actually read The Lord of the Rings, it's a lot of walking and a lot of flashbacks and it's kind of boring. I love it, but it's kind of boring. And so what we realized was we had laser swords and, and a dude in a big black cloak that would Right, It was so cool, and this was our Tolkien myth. This was my Lord of the Rings, my Hobbit, for me, for my generation that we owned, And even better, there were action figures and costumes. I could actually dress up like them. Everybody I know owned or made a lightsaber. Just madness the way, that, the way Star Wars was commercialized. Another thing that came out of it, and this is where I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us into sort of the board game area of things. Out of that late 70s, early 80s commercialization, rose a game called Dungeons & Dragons. A lot of people have probably heard of it. Hands up. Heard of Dungeons & Dragons? A lot of people have. The most recent edition of it is a billion dollar industry, but in the early days it was a guy that looks unfortunately a lot like me, printing them in his basement, binding them together and mailing them out to people. Now, this game enabled you to play Make Believe. That Halloween concept again, Let's take the Harvest Festival out of it. It enabled you to play make-believe. You did it at a table with friends and usually some Mountain Dew, probably some cheesies, You know, uh, Cheetos if you're an American, but Cheesies if you're in Canada. You know, and, and, and you'd get them all over the place and your mom would yell at you because it was really just you and your friends sitting around a table giggling for about five hours. But in Dungeons & Dragons, for those that don't know, you create a character out of an, like an Arthurian myth or, or, or a Tolkien book. And, and in fact, early Dungeons & Dragons ripped these properties off like crazy. One friend plays referee, that's the Dungeon Master, and you and your friends just run around pretending to be other people. I have seen this game become very popular among people with some social anxiety, issues like that. There's a, a doctor in Seattle who's doing a lot of studies playing Dungeons & Dragons with autistic kids, uh, with people who have social issues that prevent them from, from easily socializing. And that can be anything, right? That can just be shyness. But it they, they don't socialize easy and so they put them in a Dungeons and Dragons game where they get to be someone else, and they get to pretend to be someone else and she's had amazing success. Her study's fantastic. It is also like 900 pages on, online and it's way too much for me to read. I skimmed. So, there, are, there was a, a really, the popularization of Dungeons and Dragons when I was a kid happened when everybody freaked out and thought we were actually summoning demons. I can tell you one thing, I've played Dungeons and Dragons for 35 years. I failed miserably in summoning demons. I also failed to get any girl to be impressed by the fact that I played Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that's changed. So what happened was, Dungeons and Dragons got popular. Dressing up as characters from movies got popular. And once something gets popular, I'm gonna ask our NDP tables, what happens when something gets popular? Big business moves in. All of a sudden, petroleum-based plastic products are being cranked out at an alarming rate so that you can buy them as a parent and let your kids play with them. It's amazing. So big business moved into my nerdy hobbies. Huddled deep in a basement, playing games that looked like they'd been put together by, you know, guys in their mid-40s who probably should know better. Playing those games for hours and hours, all of a sudden, now, like in 2019, and honestly, from about... 2005, 2006 on, has become big business. So, here's the big business part of it. Disney has bought everything I love. Pretty much everything I love now is owned by... Superheroes owned by Disney, right? I I mean, Hasbro and Disney own everything I'm passionate about in the world. They've even got parts of sports teams. So, I'm going to... The profit in pre-made Halloween costumes, as Mary said, is a multi-billion dollar industry. To do research for this, because I value your time, I mistakenly went to that Spirit of Halloween store, you know, the little pop-up store? I went there last night. I'll tell you what, I could have just run around with the monkeys in the zoo. That place was crazy. It was crazy. Wow, but big business. Now, that's commercial. Now, I said big business, and I saw the NDP tables frown. The second time, yeah, they were like, let, let the government run it, but as even the NDP tables will say, the nice thing about, the, about big business getting involved is accessibility increases. So when, when I read about the commercialization of Halloween, board games, video games, I also think that that increases the accessibility of it, and for someone like me, I, I grew up privileged, I fully, and rightfully acknowledge my privilege in life. There are no barriers holding me back. I'm a middle-class white kid from Edmonton. Life's been pretty good. But I have friends and I know people who didn't grow up that way. So, while my dad had time to make a paper mache Darth Vader mask and sew a costume with me, I've got a lot of friends whose parents didn't have that time or didn't have that ability because of the way they were raised or because of circumstances. So guess what? An $8 costume from the Spirit of Halloween store that means they get to dress up like the same Jedi Knight I'm dressed up. There's no hierarchy in costumes. You're pretending. Your imagination fills in the blank. So these nerdy hobbies, board games, Dungeons & Dragons especially, there's a card game called Magic the Gathering that is a multi-billion dollar industry as well. Man, that game, that game helps my store keep the lights on. They, you would be amazed at the passion that I see these young people show as they come into the store and they play these games because that's the big advantage of where I sit as far as judging the commercialization of these things is. I sit at a store where some of our customers, this is their social circle, they come to my store, they sit in the back for five, six, ten hours sometimes, they play competitive tournaments of board games, they paint little toy soldiers together, in fact, there's. There's a couple of people in here who I know who paint those little toy soldiers and have a lot of fun doing it. What it is is, much like sports, when a bunch of Hurricanes fans gather at the NMAX Center. Man, trust me, those people, if they sat at a table at Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs and I started slinging jokes out, they would not all laugh at my jokes. But they're all together for that passion, and that's what happens. That's what happens at, at hobby stores across North America, across the world. They get together and they're passionate about one thing. And for the time they're there, that passion about that one thing, oh, hang on. Oh. Get, get warm, Mary, it's Superman time. That passion trumps all their differences. It, it eradicates any political arguments they have. Is that my evil eye? I'm at 25 after. It trumps all those differences. It pulls them together. And that's the thing, if you don't think of it as the commercialization of dressing up or of one of your hobbies or of a game, if you don't think of it as big business making profits, look, I've got bad news for everyone, especially the NDP tables, big business is here to stay. The genie got out of that bottle, there's nothing we can do about it. They are gonna sink their teeth into us and bleed us of money. But if we can, if we can subvert what they're doing, if we can take their profits, if we can say, you know what, To heck with you, we're gonna take that money, we are gonna bring people together, we're gonna have them indulge in a passion that is harmless, but engages them, gets them to take part in the world, gets them to be a part of things. Well then, to hell with big business, let's do what we want. And that's the way I see this slow rise of commercialization, that's the way I see it working out. I'll see it tonight when I go to work, I'll see it tomorrow when I go to work, and and I'm really lucky that I see such a diverse group of people gather and indulge these passions because all of you, if you're sitting at your door and kids knock on them and say trick or treat, you'll see the same thing. Are we good, Mary? Thank you.